Welcome to the Roll for Crit podcast. This is the place to be if you want to hear about board games, card games, tabletop games of all kinds and all shapes and forms and the discussion thereof. My name is Jonathan. I'm Will, and we've got plenty of fun board games to talk about, but first got to do that die roll. Now, Jonathan, mm-hmm. I have three dice here, uh-huh. so I'm going to have you choose which one I roll. I need a number between one and three. Wow, this is a lot of pressure. I'm going to go with die number two. You have chosen the smoky gray die with red lettering. <laughs> Very <laughs> ominous. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And you're rolling it. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it's poor or not. <laughs> it's worrisome. It's 13. Uh-oh. A very, you know, spooky number. <laughs> 13. Not not a not terrible in RPG terms, but but has a lot of baggage in, in our culture at least. Uh of your Taylor Swift, though. That's her lucky number. Anyway, uh we'll, we'll get into Taylor Swift and all kinds of other stuff in today's episode. Uh, and it's gonna be a fun one. Thank you for listening. I'm excited because joining our party today. Uh, you know her from the Dice Tower videos and podcasts and her channel to die for games. Welcome to the show, Mandy Hutchinson. Hello. Bonjour tout le monde. How are you? <laughs> oh, man. Hello. <laughs> I'm glad you're bringing the French in because, of course, this episode is going to be released on Bastille Day. Oh, so. well, see, then it was perfect. <laughs> yeah, God, I'm, I'm having flashbacks to high school French already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, for some people, they that's they have to live that every day of their lives. Yes. French people. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but it's good to have you on. I'm, I'm very glad you could join us. Uh, there is a lot of news this week. A lot of things happened. So we're not going to waste any more time. We're going to get right into it in our first segment, the News Roundup. News Roundup. That's right. We are we are the news cowboys wrangling up the news cows is what that's about. Uh, so first things first, we have been talking a lot about conventions. Of course, there haven't been a lot of conventions in the past year because of the whole thing that happened. You guys know. And now we're starting to get back into that. They are starting to crop up once again. And a number of these big gaming conventions have outlined more thoroughly their safety precautions, procedures that they're going to be taking this year, including Gen Con, which is just a couple of months away now. And Gen Con, which says that uh, according to their surveys, 87% of people of attendees are fully vaccinated with another 5% who say they will be vaccinated by the time the convention comes. Uh, They are going to be requiring masks to be worn uh, throughout the convention if you are unvaccinated. If you have proof of vaccination, you'll get a little wristband and you will be allowed to take your mask off, although they are still strongly encouraging it. And that's in addition to uh, reduced capacity, um, increased spacing of places, things like that, that I pretty much I think all these conventions are are dealing with. Then there's Spiel Essen, which is going to uh, take things, I think, even a step further. They are requiring uh, attendees to be uh, vaccinated or at least uh, tested uh, in order to get in and have a negative COVID test. And the same goes for the UK Games Expo. They also are requiring a negative test uh, for entry, but they're, you know, abiding by all the all the rules. Uh, every, Of course, all these different countries all over the world have very different stages uh, along the path of recovery from the pandemic. So everyone is kind of coming at it from a slightly different angle, but I think the running theme is 
making sure everything is well sanitized, spacing people apart, reduced capacity, and to some extent requiring either being vaccinated or masked or tested to some degree. Now, so I'm, I'm curious, Mandy, what you think about all this stuff. Are you planning on attending any conventions this year or have you already maybe? And if yes or no, how safe do you feel that these things are going to be? Well, I have many thoughts on this. Great. <laughs> Give us I all. mean, I, I work for, I'm a teacher, but I work for Health Canada. So <laughs> I right. definitely hear a lot of updates, <laughs> but um, I am unfortunately not going to any conventions this year, any big ones. So I will be going to the gathering. The Gathering of Friends, which is an invitation-only event, but it is a much smaller event. And uh, there have definitely been a lot of precautions. You have to send all of your vaccine paperwork by mail, and there will be masks have to be worn, and there definitely will be a lot of precautions in place specifically for that. And that is not until later in the year. Um, I actually, I'm on pending because I've only had my first vaccine, so I still really haven't left my house. I'm still working from home, getting my second vaccine in two days. So, nice. yeah, so I think it's a little different here in Canada than it is in the States, potentially. Um, they're right. just starting to pick up with, you know, the second round of, of vaccines uh, for people here. So definitely the, the atmosphere, I think, is a little bit different. I've definitely been seeing on social media a lot of people already playing games with friends and things like that. We haven't been able to do that yet soon. Uh, mm -hmm. Coming to the whole conventions and what they're doing, I have to say I'm disappointed in uh, what Gen Con is doing. I just, I don't understand why you wouldn't want A, to be people to be vaccinated and having a negative test. Prevention is better than cure, is it not? Like, I just don't understand why you would put yourself in that position where potentially people are going to get sick. And let's be clear, nothing is foolproof. You know, you could still be vaccinated, still have a negative test and things could happen, but your chances are much, much less. So, sure. yeah, I, I have strong feelings about it. And I definitely think that's going to put a lot of people off from attending. And then it makes me wonder if people are going to say, oh, well, if I don't have to wear a mask, you know, are, then does do people fall back into maybe patterns from before? Because it's going to be a new normal going forward. Uh, yeah, I got to yeah. be in agreement with that. I mean... Gen Con, for example, right now we are still planning, uh, Jonathan and I going, mm. though I feel it's a bit begrudgingly. <laughs> We're both very worried. Yeah. This whole update, like, like I just people like don't get me wrong, but people can lie. Sure. And oh, they're, they're sure. like, look, we can get in. And Gen Con, while it is like the American convention, mm -hmm. I don't think it's only Americans going there. And the fact that like even as you said, Canada, I don't know what I don't know the layout. What's happening out to our neighbors in the north, right? Let alone other countries. Mm -hmm. So we can't just assume like, oh, everyone will be there being vaccinated. It'll be fine. And we've already seen how it's not. And there's already this Delta variant going around. Yes. I I just if you know maybe I'm a bit pessimistic on this. I just feel we 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 need to throw everything at it if we want these things. Like friend gatherings, I get a bit more because you know the people, right? But for every degree you don't know someone you're probably not gathering with 30,000 people <laughs> no <laughs> exactly. for, for game night what would be the is is the line just requiring proof of vaccination would that be good enough for for either of you i almost think you need a test as well and and like i said 
even doing a test and, and, and having a vaccine, you get a negative test and your vaccine, you're still not guaranteed that you're not going to catch something or be carrying mm -hmm. something. You know what I mean? I just feel like your chances will be less of that happening. So nothing's ever foolproof. But mm -hmm. I also think that it's not just that. I mean, rules going in, things are going to have to change, you know, because how many times have people complained about getting Concred or, you know, some other type of illness uh, going yes, to a convention? The convention flu. Yeah. I right? Mean, so can you imagine I, now with COVID? I don't think there should be a, oh, you don't need to wear the mask anymore. I think right. you just got to have it. I think whether you're vaccinated or not, we don't know what's yes. going to go on. And as far as I know, like I can maybe understand for example, like I think here in the U.S., mm -hmm. maybe they just announced it, but like I don't think if you're 12 and under, you can get the vaccine. Right. That's correct. Um, so like I can understand like, oh, but I want to bring my kids. Right. Then why don't we all just wear masks? I, 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 I cannot think mm. of an actual and I'm free if someone tell me I've yet to hear someone give an actual disorder, disease or mm -hmm. condition that requires you not to wear a mask. Right. And I don't think that's a high, it's a high itchy. ask. <laughs> Did you just say it's itchy? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't like the way it feels. Aww. <laughs> uh, no, of course. I mean, I, I, I agree. I, I think, yeah, I think you're both very much uh, correct. I, I think I'm a little bit more optimistic about it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they have apparently the capacity is going to be, they say, approximately 60% of normal size, which, which is, well, is, is interesting. I think it's going to be, I think this might be my favorite Gen Con ever just for how <laughs> few people there are. And as someone who gets con crud, like pretty much every time I go, yeah. I love that. I mean, I'm hoping that just everyone's just going to be wearing their masks all the time. Right. And yeah. it'll be, it'll be great. I mean, I think the, I think generally speaking, the gaming community is pretty, I mean, you know, you can go back yeah. and forth on that, but, but here's the thing. I, I had to go to two different supermarkets looking for a brand of rice I wanted earlier this week. One of them, I'm pretty sure I was the only person wearing a mask who didn't work wow. there. Really? Yeah. yeah. I remember yeah, feeling yeah. so weird. No, wow. in New Jersey, it's pretty. I, it's, but yeah, the it's other one was much more. I, I don't want to say it was fully masked, but, sure. you know, they were, they were actually people. But I just remember thinking like. I don't think I'm crazy. And by the way, the store I should mention that no one was wearing masks in early on in the pandemic did have a case and they had to close the place down. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> they learned their lesson. It sounds like, well, the, uh, like the, the people working there were wearing them and I just feel so bad for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I it's, mean, it's yeah. which another reason why, like there are people who have to work there at the booth. Right. I mean, it's the mm -hmm. least we can do. Right. Yeah, and I that's, just... uh, that's what it comes down to. People are so busy thinking about themselves. And I'm like, this is a case where yes, you have to think about yourself, but you have to think about others. So you may not care about wearing a mask, but just in case you could potentially give it to somebody else, have that in your mind. Or, you know, maybe someone else might get sick. I should do the right thing and wear a mask. I see. This is about getting the the collective win in Dead of Winter, not your personal goal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh boy, we don't need to bring that up. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, hope you know. Like I said, there's a couple months to go. Who knows? I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that maybe if there's depending on what the feedback is, they mm -hmm. might still implement changes to this to their policies before this starts. Right. Um, we, we will, we will have to wait and see, but it's, it sounds like, uh, at least Essen is taking it a little further, which makes sense. Cause they're also more of an international, mm -hmm. right. 
uh, convention. So that's, you know, maybe, maybe they'll see that model and see the a positive response uh, and, and change before this all happens. It's going to be weird. It's, it's going to be weird to see exactly how it all goes down, but I, I don't know. We're going to find this out. Could have been the year we could have ended con flu for good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still hopeful. I'm still hopeful. I mean, I will probably wear a mask. I, I don't know that I'll ever go to a convention again without a mask. Just I, we've right? learned that it, forget about whether covid comes back or variants or whatnot just the flu and all that just i'm well I'm Jonathan, let's 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 be honest we know you're doing this so no one recognizes you because <laughs> that's you know you can barely move in the convention center without yeah i get mobbed photos by fans See, yeah there you go <laughs> yeah so uh so gen con not too far away not too far away we'll see exactly how it goes but uh, if if you're planning planning on attending and you're listening wear a mask and be vaccinated that's my suggestion i think that's all of our well, advice you, yeah. Please do that, even if you're not attending. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and hopefully, hopefully, Canada, hopefully, you guys catch up to us soon in terms of vaccine production. It sounds like you're not as well. So it might be also be more that a lot of Americans just don't take them, so there's plenty to go around. <laughs> no, yeah, I, you know, that's a possibility, but I definitely think it's getting better. And certain spots are kind of more hot spots, they call them, than others. So I find a lot of those places are getting through them a bit faster, but uh, they're definitely picking up the pace. My second vaccine was scheduled for September and uh, it got moved up to this week. So cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's going to be fun. Hopefully you don't get any side effects. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now then on to uh, some more fun kind of just general game announcement news. There were a few big announcements last week. We're just going to highlight some of them starting off with Machi Koro 2 from Pandasaurus. Machi Koro, of course, is the game where you're building a little tableau of cards that make up your personal city. And on your turn, you roll some dice and the numbers will activate different cards in your own place or maybe in other players' uh, play areas. And this is not the first new Machi Koro variant. There's been Legacy, there's been Expansions, there's been other Machi Koros out there. But this is Machi Koro 2, the sequel to it, which... Uh, it seems like the biggest change to the game is in the way the setup works, uh, where, uh, where now there will be two different rows of uh, establishments that you can purchase on your turn. And before the game even starts, players will have the chance to, ha- to take some coins and buy some establishments uh, right out of the gate. So they have a little bit of something to work with when the game starts immediately. And the rows are going to refill uh, immediately. There's going to be a, a randomized deck of cards, and they will flip out similar to like a lot of deck building games do, where you'll have a couple of different lineups, including a lineup for the, uh, what are they called? The, the landmarks, uh, which will have, you'll whoever gets three landmarks first wins, and each landmark has a different cost. So it'll cost more if it's your second landmark, and even more if it's your third landmark, which I think is an interesting way of going about it. And of course, there's all new establishments that have different powers so it's not just a, a retheme with new rules it's a totally new set of cards i don't believe it's going to be compatible uh, unless maybe you do some tweaking with the other machi koro games mandy are you a machi koro fan and do you think do these changes sound intriguing to you uh, i would definitely have to say i played the original quite a bit i mean many moons since it's came out and I haven't played it as much now. I played Legacy. I think I was helping kind of test it when it first came out, played that a couple times, but I haven't played it since. I like the game. 
I'm curious to see what the new changes bring. So, I mean, it's a cute game and a lot of people really like it. So I'm open to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely one that we, we also played through uh legacy and we've played the original plenty of times. It, yeah, a lot of people, fun legacy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, we streamed stuff. them. They're on there. You ah. can, you can find them. <laughs> and um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, I know some people who just love uh, Machi Koro and it's, it's one that I've, I always feel like there's little, there's little caveats. It's like, oh, you should play with this expansion to to really get the most out of it, or this version, or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will, what do you think? Well, do Machi Koro Two is this maybe going to be like the definitive Machi Koro experience? That I don't know. All I know is when they announced that first, I'm like, why don't they just make an expansion? And then I felt really just bad because I'm like, I would never question when they say like Mario Two, you know, or something. <laughs> For some reason a board game is not allowed a number in my head. <laughs> Well, it is kind of a funny thing, right? Like it's, I mean, I, I can think of a few other examples, but yeah, you usually don't, usually they might do like Machi Koro subtitle or something. Right. Uh, you don't usually just see a sequel to a board game. <laughs> and I wonder, it almost makes me feel like they're saying, like the impression I get is that this is, I don't know. Does it give me, I was going to say that, that it's going to replace the original, but maybe it's actually the opposite that you're supposed to play both that you like you play the first one then you play the second one uh i guess i'm I'm sort of confused by the messaging of is this meant to be like the new and improved version or is this more like a spin-off and it's you can do i think it's designed it's sort of designed to replace like there's a bunch of rule tweaks and stuff but it's because usually they do like we've made a new edition that has changes the rules and i think they know there's enough people out there who like classic machi koro and its expansion. So this way that you don't have to feel like you're playing an inferior version. Like it's a different one. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, it looks cute. I, I mean, I, I like the sound of the tweaks, but it does, it does sound like for the most part, if whatever your feelings about Machi Koro are now, I don't think this will change them is my guess. And then we also got word of a new game in the pandemic line. Although I don't think Pandemic is actually going to be in the title. Uh, Z-Man Games is coming out with World of Warcraft uh, Rise of the Lich King. Is it Rise? Wrath of the Lich King. Yes, it's Wrath. All these of Wrath of, Rise of, (laughs) Conquest of, whatever these games. I can't get them straight. And it's using the Pandemic system, but of course it's based off the uh, World of Warcraft universe and specifically that Lich King expansion, which came came out back in 2008. In which there was this uh, this zombie horde and Lich King trying to infect people, which seems pretty, uh, you know, easily used for the pandemic system. We don't really know anything about specifics of this game. There was a teaser trailer and there's a glimpse of some minis and a board, which looks like it has a bunch of locations from World of Warcraft and uh, little minis walking around. Presumably it will have similar gameplay, but, you know, there have been a few pandemic games with some pretty different kind of rule sets to them that make them feel pretty unique. Uh, what do we think? Mandy is, are you, what do you, how do you feel about pandemic and or world of Warcraft? Do you, will they be chocolate and peanut butter together? <laughs> so, uh, anybody who knows me, uh, has heard me talk about pandemic a few times. I have actually never played, uh, the original pandemic. I have only played Pandemic uh, Cthulhu, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Maybe because the person teaching the game was such a good storyteller. It was so good. (laughs) And uh, 
there was another one. Was it Rising Tide or something to that effect? I think yeah, Eric yeah. taught me that one. And then I actually have Pandemic Legacy Zero, Season Zero. Okay, yeah. That's sitting on there, one. but I haven't tried it yet. So World of Warcraft sounds very exciting with Pandemic. And I don't know, maybe this is the one that I'll be like, oh, this is awesome. It, I mean, it could be cool. I just got the email today that this was happening. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Hot off the presses, this stuff. <laughs> I think uh, Cthulhu's probably the better analogy if they stay really close mm-hmm. to Pandemic because, you know, it's not just cubes. You actually have the Shogoth figures and stuff in that, and that right. it looks a little bit more like that. Ooh. That said, I don't know if I'm just misremembering stuff. I could have sworn they're like, we're tired of just releasing the same stuff over and over. Right. Like with their the Dutch version, the the Rome one. So this one might have more twists and turns compared to our usual pandemic line of games. Yeah, well, it's interesting, especially if, again, I don't know if anything's final or not, but from what I've seen, it's it's not called Pandemic World of Warcraft, right? It's it's They're billing it as like just the Wrath of the Lich King game uh, that's using that system. Am I wrong about that? Does anyone know? No, I have an email from Asmodee. Okay. And uh, Z-Man and Blizzard Entertainment released a trailer video on YouTube to announce the future pandemic game with a twist of World of Warcraft. That's how it was described to me. Interesting. Okay. So the video is titled World of Warcraft meets the pandemic system. <laughs> Sorry. World of Warcraft. Is that copyright? The, oh. The R? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rights reserved. Rights, yeah. rights reserved yeah. meets yeah. pandemic. And the link they say for more info on the game. Does not have anything on. <laughs> so who knows? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, they're clearly, though, advertising it and letting people know it's based on pandemic. Right. They want you to know that. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been I, I don't I don't want to get anyone mad at me or anything, but I, I think Will and I like infamously. I don't know how infamous it is. Nobody knows. But uh, we we were not huge fans of the first pandemic legacy season. And in general, I'm personally just. For me, I've I kind of feel like I've had enough pandemic. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you're gonna make a World of Warcraft game, I mean, it's a brilliant game des- system, and I love. Of course, I'm excited about what it's done for the gaming community, and they want to make more of them. People people like them. That's great. But for me, I'd rather play. A, you know, we also played the World of Warcraft Small World game mm. last year, which was fine. But it's like, why, if someone wants to make a World of Warcraft game, make a World of Warcraft game. I don't need another skin personally well comparing it the problem with legacy and one reason i don't like as much and going back once again to cthulhu i think this would be a better thing yeah we wanted a lot of changes to come and i don't think legacy gave us that like cthulhu adds a bunch of stuff that i think is very different from the base game Mm -hmm. and i don't know from expansions i haven't played through all the pandemic expansions enough to remember if they just copied from that but that's the kind of changes i'd hope to see that would be more what i think you'd want jonathan it's not just yeah. We reskinned in ad minis. Like I, don't, I, don't, I, I feel like the point to which they would have to change it for me to be excited is it might as well not be a pandemic game. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think I'm I'm a little bit more tired of the pandemic system than other people are. What about story? I mean, I love games with story. And maybe sure. just the person who taught me pandemic Cthulhu, they, they literally made it kind of like an RPG-esque type pandemic and i was there for it i really enjoyed it so i'm like hmm, maybe if they added kind of a story element i think i might be way more interested i, it, I mean it's there that. yeah <laughs> it's literally based so they don't have to try to too much with that that would probably be really especially if the event cards are right actual things from the game you know because then you'll be like oh i remember this when the fall of 
thunderfall happened. Uh-huh. I mean, it was there in the name that everyone should have seen that one coming. It wasn't called Thunder Rise. I, okay. I literally have it paused here, and that's the one I decided. Mostly because it's the one I could say without horribly butchering. You did great. Well, Wrath of the Lich King, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We will find out when they eventually release uh, more information as to exactly what it's going to be. Including a title. Yeah, a title and, <laughs> and a date we'll hope for. Uh, probably a lot of this stuff we'll probably be seeing at Gen Con. And then even more new game announcements. So Restoration Games is a developer we really love. They are famous for taking old game designs and refreshing them, putting new spins on them, sometimes different themes, and updating them for the modern era. And they had a whole press conference uh, where they had they just announced a ton of things for the year. It was kind of like their Nintendo Direct uh, uh, for their company. So we'll just run through quickly some of the stuff they announced. First of all, uh, two of their popular games are Downforce and Fireball Island. They're going to be special Target exclusive editions of those, which are going to be same games essentially, but a little smaller and a little cheaper. And in the case of Fireball Island, I think literally smaller, like a smaller board. Uh, so... Uh, just kind of a, a mass market version of those titles. New Unmatched stuff, including Unmatched Volume 2, uh, which has four new uh, public domain, non-licensed characters in it. Uh, and they also talked about, they announced the Unmatched Digital Edition. So you can play Unmatched uh, as a video game soon in the future. Uh, they talked about a new game called Buried Treasure. That's buried, like, like a berry that you eat, uh, where you are going to be trying to get different pies and such a cute little it has there's a very cute raccoon on the cover of it uh they talked about some more about games that we already have known about like key to the kingdom and return to dark tower two more titles that they've been uh working on that we'll hopefully be able to see soon and then they announced a couple of new uh remakes that are going to be coming both to kickstarter i believe thunder road vendetta which is based off the Thunder Road game from the 80s, which is kind of like a Mad Max thing, Mm -hmm. and Crossbows and Catapults, where you have little 3D crossbows and catapults that you're flinging at each other. So I I, might have missed a couple things, but those were a lot of big announcements that they had. So I'm curious, Mandy, if you if you got the chance to to watch any of this or just what of Restoration Games stuff you're most excited about coming out. So, yeah, so I think it ran during working hours because I was teaching, but uh, it's on the list for me to watch everything. But I did know about a lot of the things that were um, had come out or had been announced. Um, I'm a big fan of Unmatched. So definitely Unmatched Volume 2. I believe there's another, is it Deadpool, potentially? Dead, Deadpool has been announced, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that one was announced, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to try those. I mean, I can't get enough. I think I have most of them so adding more to the collection very excited about it and i think a lot of people really like it also excited about the digital version because for those who don't know suzanne and i have a show that we would do digital games we had to take a a brief hiatus during covid but we'll be back doing that so that is one i'm very excited to try in the digital format i've been playing a lot of video games lately too so it's a thing for me and Mm -hmm. uh return to dark tower i have not played it i think everybody on the dice tower team except for me has played it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i got to play just a, a demo at, at uh some something a couple years back and it's it's pretty awesome i'm very excited about that one and they all they also by the way name checked uh suzanne during the presentation because i guess she has a love of pies when they she talk does. about buried treasure yeah so <laughs> 
so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff there for everybody. Yeah, I, all the, all the unmatched stuff. I'm pretty excited. I also love that they're doing new, uh, you know, the new public domain, which are from very different kinds of cultures. There's like um, a monkey god uh, yeah the uh, goku <laughs> is that is that what goku is based on this guy yeah Sun that's Wukong. the whole yeah that's the the whole myth i mean that's why you see him in like any of those like hero rpgs mm-hmm. there's usually a playable character of him because everyone Ooh. knows his myth right. he's like the king arthur he's like one of those characters who just always pops up yeah so wh- which of the stuff is most exciting to you will well obviously unmatch i'm really excited because i like the I, I like these four volumes that also feel like the more picking the myths and stories that are not the, like the no offense to Marvel fans out there, but I like when we pull these characters who we maybe like of which you are one of what of uh, you are also a Marvel fan. So no, right. Offense. Yes. Yeah. But uh, I thought you meant <laughs> I was one of the heroes. I'm like, not yet. I'm not in a, <laughs> we're, yeah. we're, soon. They'll get the, all the board game reviewers in on match, but <laughs> The other stuff obviously will cool. be volume I, 200 when that happens, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to, I think we should, the target editions are also, I think are really great because these are ways for more people to see and Fireball Island. Remember it started off as one of those more toy like aisle games. Yeah. So to see return at <laughs> the mass marketplace just feels right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is cool. It is kind of a bummer that it's apparently so it won't be compatible with any of the expansions. Mm-hmm. So if anyone like buys it there and really loves it, they you might have to then rebuy the bigger one if you really want more stuff for it. But I mean, I think the price of it is like 35 bucks or something. So it's not I, I don't think it's that bad of a, of a thing, but it's cool. It's cool that Target, you know, continues to be uh, taking an interest in this and spreading that the love around for these games. I know some people weren't as happy with, what was it? Uh, trails. Uh, the, yeah, that was a stuff. thing. Yeah. But you know, like I, in terms of exclusives target is at least in America, you know, pretty prevalent. So it is not the worst store we could think of when it comes to having an exclusive, but and right. a very much easier price and just accessibility. Why wouldn't yeah. you want it in? I mean, we don't have Target in Canada, so for us, it's a bit different to, to acquire those types of games. Uh, but wouldn't you want to make it accessible for people? I mean, Target seems like a place where a lot of people visit. I, I know for some people, well, well, that's obviously one. You know, yeah. is the store existing? Because then you have to find out otherwise. But some people say like, oh, but I want to be able to support my local game store, which you could easily do with everything else. Sure. And mostly, especially trading cards. But it just it feels it's more like a it feels like people are angry because it's like uh, I don't want to have to go into a target. But like, I don't know. It feels <laughs> I don't feel like there's actually a good. I feel like there's I don't think this is everyone. I do. I think some people probably have valid complaints, but I do think there is some there are some people who it's a little bit of a gatekeepy thing where it's like, mm, yeah, oh, it's just a, it's a target game. It's not like a real game. Oh, you know? Meanwhile, meanwhile, that's like one of my most common stores I go to to get stuff. <laughs> uh, I love Target. I can spend hours in Target. Maybe because we don't have them. I I think they've got great stuff. But I mean, not everybody can afford to spend $100 on a board game. And if you can make it yeah. accessible to people like, oh, this is, you know, within my budget or, hey, they've never played certain types of games before. They see it there could lead to them trying other types of games that they've never tried before. And maybe that might pull them into, uh, you know, local game stores. 
some of the people that are going to target are not people that would go to a game store. So in my opinion, you're reaching out to more people to get them involved in gaming. And what's wrong with that? I, I always stocked cards there and, and the, uh, the, I don't even know want to call it the board game aisle when we first started Roll for Crit because it was just like Monopoly. Okay. And I remember when I started seeing like Ticket to Ride, you know, Catan. And now I'm seeing like so many more games there. Granted, my local target's not the best. Mm-hmm. They, some things need to be out of stock more often. I just don't know if there's like as big of a crowd. But still, it's just so nice to see that growth and because that's such a great way to get more people interested I'm not saying we're trying to convert them, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, we can. You can say it. Yeah. Yeah. I always, I call it Tarjay. That's my little. Me (laughs) too. Great. Okay, good. We're all on the same page. Um, Yeah. I'm excited for all this restoration stuff. I I love playing all their games. My, uh, my biggest takeaway from this beyond the games themselves was I had so much fun watching this conference At the end of it, I thought I wondered because none of the stuff was the information was not embargoed or anything. Everyone was allowed to talk about it immediately. I don't know why they didn't just make this a public conference that anybody could view. Because I thought, like I said before, uh, comparing it to Nintendo's little uh, online things are now Sony does it. A lot of video game people do Mm it. Uh, it just would have been a great way to drum up excitement for these titles. And I I wonder if maybe, I guess maybe they were showing like prototypes or images that weren't finalized yet, but I think it would be great if they and other publishers started doing stuff like this more often that everybody could see. Mm -hmm. You know, what's also great about those don't need to worry about masks. It's all online. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You don't have to get tickets or anything. Everybody can hang out at home, eat some popcorn. That's right. <laughs> so uh, that's all the restoration game stuff. And now, finally, uh, before we get out of the news, of course, the Dice Tower also announced their 2020 award winners. Yeah. And I think the the big winner of the year was the Crew, the Quest for Planet Nine, which got Game of the Year, Best Co-op Game, and Most Innovative Game. Uh, Lost Ruins of Arnak also uh, got a few awards, best artwork, best strategy game and best game from a new designer. Uh, and there's a few other interesting titles in there. I don't know. I'm, I'm not totally privy to, to how the whole process works. Mandy, did you like did you, were you part of this voting process or anything? Yeah. So it does get sent out to all of us on the team to vote. Uh, it's really important that obviously that we all vote uh, people online. So people that are in the Dice Tower group, I believe it's put out there as well. So people can vote on the through the Facebook group. So it's not just, you know, a panel of maybe 10 of us and saying, OK, this is what wins. No, like we actually do get input from the public and from the team. Cool. So I, I, I'm so glad you're here to talk to us about it. Like what's uh, or is there anything here that you're really glad? Like, oh, yeah, I, I voted for that or other way around that you feel like something else you think should have won. <laughs> no, it's actually a lot of the ones I'm like, yep, yeah, no, I'm right there for it. Like uh, Dune was a game, Dune Imperium, which I really enjoyed playing. I mean, it was virtually, so I didn't get to a chance to play this with people. But hey, if I'm playing it virtually and it was fun, I'm here for it. Um, I really enjoyed Lost Ruins of Arnak and I am not a solo player, so I've only played this game solo, and I did it on a stream, Ooh. and I was like, oh, I don't like dummy players. This is going to be a lot of work, and I'm not here <laughs> for this, and I was like, this isn't bad at all. I really liked it, so um, very happy to see that that made the list, and the crew, Suzanne actually only taught that to me 
maybe a month or two ago. I had the game. I just hadn't had a chance to play it. And it's so good. So I definitely think people were on the money with a lot of their choices. Yeah. Well, Will, you're a famous hater of the crew. So what do you say? (laughs) (laughs) Look, I just didn't have that great of experience, but I understand a lot of people like it. And I only did that one online as well. Mm. So I think I, it's not like, and because there are sometimes when you see a game, you're like, I don't understand how I can see because everyone else likes it. I think there it's very it's actually pretty likely that I'm in the wrong. No, no. <laughs> so I think and I know you have the physical copy now, John. Yes. So I need to give yeah. it the in-person touch because I feel like that can make all the difference yeah. sometimes. No, for sure. Yeah. But no, don't, you know, you should never doubt yourself for not, you know, if there's a game that's really popular and you don't like it. I mean, there are a couple games that I should probably leave nameless <laughs> that are really popular and they're not my favorite. Yeah. Well, so. we are I we already I already put ourselves in trouble by saying we don't like Pandemic Legacy. So. <laughs> uh I mean, well, I'll, I'll say another one on this list that I thought was kind of just kind of funny is uh, uh Chronicles of Crime 1400 expansion took home best expansion and that's a game we were played and reviewed uh, for the show and I I neither of us I, I thought Are we just saying I, things we don't like now, John? <laughs> are you just trying to get everyone in? Well, you, usually, you know, I generally agree with a lot. Of, it's honestly pretty rare that I like really dislike any games honestly. Sure. And uh yeah, that one I just didn't did not work for me. Uh but I'm glad I'm glad it worked for other people, so. Oh, right. I have a I'm just curious in general uh, impressions of this because I just looked at the other nominees. Yeah. And this is what I know, Jonathan, you and I have discussed. Yeah. Is Unmatched Cobble and Fog, because that's a standalone. <gasps> so good. Yes. Oh, but right. is that an expansion? No, yeah, I'm not questioning the, how good well, isn't it is. Chronicle, wasn't 1400 also standalone? I think 1400 was technically also standalone. Yeah, you don't was need it? Uh, I wasn't sure if you actually still needed, like, tech, like technically needed base parts. I think you could. I couldn't so, remember. So, you know, they're... You know, it's like everything with these. What does strategy game mean? What is (laughs) at a certain point, you just got to be like, look, it's in that category (laughs) or we you will do what we do, which is debate it for an hour every year. Is Machikoro 2 an expansion? (laughs) Oh, boy. We're not going to yep. touch that one. All right. So that's that's all the news. A lot of stuff going on. Very exciting week. Uh, now we're going to look ahead to the future at some crowdfunding projects. Oh, this one looks uh, nice. It's nice. It's nice. What about this one? Kickstarter. Kickstarter. That's right. Each of us has selected uh, at least one crowdfunding project that we're interested in from Kickstarter or somewhere else. Mandy, we'll start with you. What is your pick? Oh my goodness, you're putting me on the spot. So everybody, as a teacher, this is where you go, teacher, I didn't do my homework. <laughs> but all, yeah, mm-hmm. I am backing a ton of things. Yeah, no, that's that's all we need. What's a, what's something, tell us all of it. Or or, okay. or or you can pick one that you think is really the one, especially you want people to look at. Oh, I, I'm pulling up the list right now. It's, it's pretty intense. <laughs> so, currently that are right now that are going on the two things that I have actually the one that just ended I'm so sorry everybody was the uh, graphic novel adventures from Van Ryder so very happy about that one and um, Pulp Invasion I had not backed the original one I don't know if you all have uh, have tried it and this one uh, is uh, Albin Villar is the designer of these ones and I believe they're one or two player game so that's kind of why i kind of shied away from it but oh i'm just looking at the art and it's so retro it's so up my alley the gameplay looks really interesting i had to have it so i backed it and hopefully i love it (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's and that that one's that one is on kickstarter now yeah that yes it's still going on for i think a little bit longer 23 days we could definitely use more of that old art that has not been flooded yet yes (laughs) exactly 
And I, I do want to point out that probably the graphic novels still check it out because even though it's ended, a lot of these now have like the late pl pledge button. Mm -hmm. So you can still click on those and like everyone here loves loves those series i think i assume that since you're backing you you like it too but oh, like yeah jonathan no, two of them there has ranked them and you didn't like them no no, 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 no. he ranked him he li he likes oh, them so okay. I, is, say, I did a video <laughs> ranking all of them that, that's yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm a i'm a big fan and van rider games is is good but you know those will be I, you may not be able to get like the slip covers and stuff like that sure. but you'll they'll be in circulation so huh. that, that's a good thing yeah i know they they said they almost they weren't going to do a season this year i think just because of um like manufacturing delays and stuff but then they they figured out a way to make it work so i'm i'm glad because i i i've looked at you know the all, i think all these books originated in france mm -hmm. and bastille day and uh, <laughs> there's a ton of them. Like, there's still like they've easily got like three or four more seasons they could do before we run out of books. So, right, it's Absolutely. it's cool. Anything else that you want to shout out on Kickstarter? Oh, well, okay, so don't laugh. I I have a thing with dice, and I've recently just got my my unicorn uh, dice. They're very cute, by the way. And they now have a dice set. It's the same company, and they have glow in the dark cute ghost metal dice. Oh man. <laughs> I mean, why See, not? <laughs> I've been, especially starting this podcast, the more I realize, like, I don't have enough dice. So I'm like, oh, I'll start describing them. I don't have that many D20s or not top, not including the, the top heavy ones from Magic. Right. So, like, I, I really need to just get, like, a giant bucket so I can just, like, this week's is purple and green or something. <laughs> so there, there is no dice shame here. Unless the dice rolls bad, then then we shame the die. Okay, good. Because I feel like I just I need ones for different occasions, and I'm gonna be definitely doing a lot more kind of RPGs and things coming forward. So, you know, I just I'm like, let's get ready and get really cute ones. And these glow in the dark ones. I mean, I love Halloween. That is my favorite hol uh, holiday of the year. Halloween is it. So anything that has like cute skulls or ghosts, I'm here for it. Awesome. Uh, well, so what's the official title of that one? It is called, it literally says, Glow in the Dark Cute Ghost Metal Dice. <laughs> All right. They got the <laughs> SEO keywords down. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So check those out on Kickstarter now. Uh, we always have links to these things in the show notes. Will, what's your pick? My pick is Dwelling, the solo game for ghosts. This looks like oh, one of those ghosts. solo books. And what... Was, what I found interesting, it looks like at first I was like, oh, is it just like a choose your own adventure? But there's actually like game components in there and stuff to like, they say like to augment the experience. So it's something that caught my eye and like, oh, maybe this will be more than simply just, you know, reading an old Goosebumps story. And mm -hmm. I, I love the design of it. The, I want to say spooky, sketchy style. I don't know. It's not like, it's not the, uh, those terrifying images. That, Scary that stories to tell in the dark. Yeah, not right. that. Though we need to get that artist to do a board game because that would be terrifying. <laughs> yeah. But uh, and the, the, once again, this whole aspect—it's still something that catches my eye right now. Because yes, we are going out, but it's still, you know, still something like always good to have in a backup. Yeah, I, I saw this one too, and I I'm pr I'm probably going to back it. Uh, dwelling, yeah, it's 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 one of these like you said, like a solo RPG. But as you play usually a lot of them are kind of like you're writing journal entries mm -hmm. as you play. And I, I think this one might have some of that too, but also a big component is you are drawing the ghosts <sighs> that you see in the book as you go. 
So cute. Oh my goodness. Okay. I've now backed this as well. Uh, so I have a feeling I'll be back in a few things. I have another solo RPG that just, uh, they just sent it out to, to backers called Colossal. So that's another one I'm trying to work through, but this one has ghosts. I have been waiting for, um, is it the lighthouse at the end of the world? I think it's called. Oh, oh yeah. I, I think I have the digital version, but I'm waiting for the physical one to come in to try it. Nice. But yeah, uh, solo RPGs, it's cool. It's a cool thing. <laughs> um, so dwelling is is that one. And that's, uh, what does that go for? $29. For the standard, there's also like a complete one. And right. there's a digital one. That's the yeah. other great thing about all these yeah. RPGs on Kickstarter. No wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's usually pretty good. Um, yeah, I definitely like to look at that one. Uh, for my pick this week, I will go with one that is not totally up at the time of this recording, but it will be up when you guys are listening to it. Find it. Uh, it's called Spires and Hildegard. And this is a new uh, one, a successor to their other game, Spires End, which I hadn't played either. And we're continuing the trend of games that are for one to two players, because this is another <laughs> one of those. And it's just got this really cute... Uh, artwork, you're, you're this Viking girl, Hildegard, and there's a deck of cards and you travel through reading the cards very much, again, like a choose your own adventure kind of thing. It'll tell you to make a choice, maybe draw a new card. But along the way, you're rolling dice uh, to uh, face challenges and uh, there may be combat involved. You may have to also roll dice for an enemy that comes against you. And it's it's the kind of thing I'm, I'm really into now. I'm loving that there's so many of these coming out that are these small little kind of story-based games mm -hmm. that you or maybe you and a friend in this case can work through uh, and on your own without too much pressure, too much stress. And I'm very interested now in looking at Spire's End uh, now that I see how this one works. I don't know if that one, that one was also for one to two players. I don't know how much else has changed. I have it uh, saved. So did they send something out? Because I already have it saved. <laughs> uh, I no, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I, I I just found this looking for what's coming up this week. Oh, yeah, uh, it looks super cute. Yeah, it, should, it looks like it's supposed to launch tomorrow. That's the fun thing with Kickstarters. They all launch on Tuesday. We're recording Monday, so it's just like <laughs> there's just there, and we're totally would look at you, but you we can't yet. <laughs> That's okay. I did it. I, I I looked at it. I don't. I break the rules. Um, and uh, there's a few other uh, cool ones out there too that I know. I saw a lot of people are backing on GameFound. There's also going to be this RPG we talked about recently called Vast Grim which is some a weird horror game that's, I think, compatible with uh, Mark Berg, which everybody likes. Mm -hmm. Mark Borg, Mark Berg. I know there's a way to say it. Um, so there's some there's some cool stuff out there. But that those are our official picks for this week. That's good stuff. You're going to check out the show notes if you're listening and find out the links to those. And you can also spend your money on them like we have been forced to. Once again, this is a warning. Listening to this podcast may cause your wallet to empty from Kickstarters. Yeah, we need to issue that warning all the time. And now it is time to move on and talk about games that already exist in our hot little hands in Table Talk. I don't know if I can say Table Talk. Table Talk. Table Talk. Okay, I hope everybody took a bathroom break, got a drink, because that was your <laughs> intermission. Uh, games that we have been playing ourselves either 
Uh, I don't know. In in person with other people, by ourselves, it's going to depend here. I think we're going to have a a mix across the board. Mandy, what games have you been checking out that you want to tell us about? Oh my goodness, so many. I've been playing a lot of kind of smaller games. I usually play some big crunchy ones, but I haven't been able to do that in person. So I've been sticking to some of the smaller ones, but uh, we played one last weekend uh, virtually called Dream Crush. And I think this is put out by Mondo Games. And if you're familiar with the game Heartthrob or is it, is it Dream Phone, you know, when you're trying <laughs> to find a date and that sort of thing, it's literally like a 2021 kind of version of that. Uh, you know, you're trying to find your crushes. They all have these, you have different scenarios and depending on the card that's flipped under that person, you have to decide, okay, do I want to go with this person or this person? The other person that you're playing with or other people you're playing with have to guess who you would pick. And you put a heart on your sheet if you've guessed correctly for kind of each scenario that you're presented with. And uh, we had so much fun. We just kind of made a story like why we picked somebody, why we didn't pick somebody. And then we were reading the credits and we said, oh, Elijah Wood tested this game? No, it can't be the same Elijah Wood. Then we look in the game. There is literally a crush card with a picture of Elijah Wood. And his name is Francis, I believe, in the game. So, yeah, I think he definitely had some input. So that was really fun. Wow. He's got a new, uh, I watched the trailers, new movie where he introduced Ted Bundy. Oh. So. Interesting. <laughs> well, that's everything I know about, uh, I, I hear about Elijah Wood. He just seems like such a cool guy because he also did, um a voice in the double fine computer game, uh, broken age. Like apparently mm-hmm. he's a big fan of point and click PC games. So <laughs> I guess he's just into some cool nerdy hobbies. Hey, he played animal animal crossing when it first came out. Oh, I remember yeah. he was visiting I, people's islands. Right. <laughs> I remember that. We need to get him on the show, Jonathan. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll email him. I, I have his number. Um, yeah, that sounds dream crush. Sounds fun. So it's not like, it's not a restoration game style remake. It's just a similar vibe yeah. to those games. Just a, yeah, like a similar vibe, but definitely different. It was honestly, I was, I'm going to say this and I'm going to be very honest. I expected it to be really bad, <laughs> but it was actually really good. See, so I can admit when I'm wrong. I think it's one of those things because you like the titles you mentioned before, <laughs> you know, we probably be like, this is not really like what we'd call like board game, but this sort of has gone through and, appeared in the what like our golden age now so it's like we actually have to design something here yes so exactly. it, it sounds like they actually hit and now that party games are actually a much bigger thing it's not just that novelty thing a family's having the closet right Absolutely. so it sounds like it hit those notes pretty well it did definitely don't dismiss it because i i would have done that uh, if i hadn't received it as a review copy um but uh, it was actually really fun all right, we'll have to check that out. Dream Crush. It's Elijah Wood and Mandy approved. Yes. <laughs> um, what else you got? Okay, so Combo Clash. This was sent to me by Hub Games. Um, I had uh, done a virtual open house and they said, Mandy, you've never played any of our games. I'm like, I haven't. So they sent me a few and thank you for that. And Combo Clash is another one where I said, oh, I don't know if this is a game that I'm going to play. It looks kind of fighty. I'm not really into fighting games. But I said, you know what? Let's give it a go. And it was really fun. I just had some really good games here. So in this <laughs> one, you have tiles. And in on the tiles, they have different animals. And you're trying to 
get collections of them on this mat. So you're going to be playing them out, trying to get groupings of them, but you can only score one grouping of animal on your turn, but you can play as many tiles as you want. And each of the tiles have different abilities. So you can flip tiles over, you can move tiles, you can replace tiles. So it really throws things off for your opponents. And you play until you reach a certain point level, depending on the length of game that you're playing. I really liked it. And I'm not a big fan of memory games because my memory is horrible, but this one was super fun and it didn't overstay its welcome. It played in a really good amount of time. So it was really snappy. So combo clash for me. Well done. I have it pulled up here and I got to say, if you just show me that box art, I would have thought like, oh yeah, this is a fighting game, right? Like it just looks like smash brothers, whatever kind of thing. But yeah. And actually seeing the board. Yeah. Uh, definitely like a, I almost want to I mean obviously I haven't played it but it looks like it's almost like area control like you have to like try to get the patterns and yeah like you want to try and group like animals together but then depending on the abilities that um, you're using or other people are using they can cause tiles to flip so maybe now you don't have all of those animals and you know you may have to move things around depending so you really it's it makes you think which I like yeah that's always a plus in a game i like when yeah. they make you think <laughs> uh or sometimes when they don't that also can be pretty good actually yeah, pretty <laughs> we like all kinds here uh yeah that looks fun that's so it's combo clash with two k's so you got that uh so they can trademark it even even easier yes exactly <laughs> and uh yeah it does look the art style is very fun and colorful and inviting yeah. Uh, and then you've got one more here uh, that I, another one that we haven't had the chance to experience, but I know I I've heard people raving about this, this series. It's so good. Again, oh my goodness, I'm on a roll here with, this is a game looking at the box I probably would never have played. <laughs> I hope like, you've oh. learned something about uh, expectations <laughs> and prejudgment. Right? And, you know, as a teacher, I really shouldn't be doing that. So it's good to give things a chance, which I did. Uh, but I played Undaunted Normandy, which was the original that came out. And this is Undaunted North Africa that I played recently. And this is uh, published by Osprey Games. And I did a stream of this not too long ago, virtually. And it's this is an area control you know, someone plays one side, you play another, and you're trying to either control certain areas or destroy certain areas. And you have tanks and, and uh, what was it? Not assassins, but um, snipers and things like that to kind of take take people out. Wow, that sounds really aggressive, but it's not <laughs> when you see the actual game. Um, you get tanks in this one. There are campaign, not campaigns, but scenarios you can go through and different setups happen on the tiles. It's... I really liked it. And I mean, it's the same uh, designer that did a war chest. So if you like mm. war chest, I really think this is something that you would also enjoy. So Undaunted North Africa for me was another winner. And also a yeah. uh, strictly two player, right? Sorry. Yes. I should have mentioned that it is strictly a two player game. Uh, we like Jonathan said, I've not had the, there's one of those white whales, but is this actually based on like real life, a real life war? Or is it just, um, from what I, it's funny because uh, the person I was playing with is uh, was in the Air Force. Uh, I used to work with uh, National Defense, with Air Force specifically, and the uh, designer of the game was also in the Air Force. So I think there were influences, but I'm not a hundred percent sure um, how much is in, based in reality. So someone I'm sure will fact check me check me here, and that is totally fine. Um, I'm not sure to be honest. Yeah, I had no idea. That's why I asked the question. <laughs> no, it's a va it's actually a it's a valid question. It's I mean they definitely talk about um, I think Italy or the Italian side is in the game, and then there's another grouping. So I'm gonna assume that there must have been something taken potentially, 
from history. Yeah, usually when a game like this, especially now comes out, usually they have like a, before you go, here's like a little right. like page or something that tells you about. So, yeah, this is the one that I think I would be uh, like if I see if I see a game with North Africa or Normandy in the title, I just I picture, oh, boy, this is this is a long, boring war game. I don't, I don't want right? to play this historical theme, <laughs> uh, but I uh, need at least three dragons. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Gotta be something going on, but I'm glad it's it sounds like it's it's a fun game. Yeah. All right. So, so, and so, as you said, these are all three of these you played in some form, like virtually or something, correct? Virtual. These were all played virtually. I would say, just in case people are still doing that, Dream Crush plays the best virtually. Combo Clash is actually available on uh, Tabletopia, but I think that would probably be your best way to play that one. It would be hard to play otherwise. And Undaunted North Africa, again, we played virtually, but it's tricky because someone does have to manage uh, moving the chits and stuff around. Hmm. Yeah, I had that fun for a little bit when we tried to do Gloomhaven oh, wow. with the camera. Oh, we had that for a lot of games. We <laughs> we figured that one out. Do you have a do you have a date set? Or are you like t- two weeks after vaccination two, or I'm having a game night? Oh yeah, no, no, like two weeks. Out, I'm gonna wait my two weeks, and then already my my regular game groups because I have different groups, but some main ones uh, that really help me get through my ever growing stack of review copies. So yeah, two weeks as soon as I get my vaccine, two weeks after that. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, speaking of uh, healthcare and such, <laughs> Will, I think you've got a you've got a couple of games you played that maybe one is relevant to that. Yeah, uh, I know a game that a lot of people have always said it was really great was The Grizzled. And mm-hmm. if you don't know, they did sort of a I don't know if it's a one to one reskin, but a similar thing called We Care, in which you actually play as doctors in a pandemic and have to work together. And you actually, uh, some of the proceeds will actually go to, I believe it's Doctors Without Borders. And this one, and this I, came out like during the pandemic, right? Like it was, it I'm was. I'm pretty sure, yeah, yeah, if I'm remembering correctly. But I only just picked it up like two weeks ago or something. There's a sale on a mentor market. So I actually got to play this with uh, one of my friends who's currently in med school right now, which was f- fun to do. <laughs> and it is, I can see why a lot of people like this. It's definitely one of those very, challenging you know it's one of those games when you're all working together and there's that challenge of being like i have to read why can i play this card and oh no we're both in quarantine and stuff (laughs) uh that can happen throughout the game you pretty much you need to empty out there's two decks and you need to empty out one before the other one empties out which usually empties out by adding to your deck (laughs) So you have to like decide like how many people can, how many beds do you think we, oh no, you have a fit number of beds. How many cards do you think patients we can try and take? Do you, do you guys feel comfortable or are we in trouble? And of course you get stressed like, oh, okay, every time I rest now, you all get a disease or every time if there's this many beds, I have to rest. So you have to like really try to plan around that. And it's definitely one I want to play a lot more with. Uh, and it's definitely, it's one of those games you want, like once you play once, like, oh, okay, I see how this works. We got to try this again. I did with three people, by the way, I, there are things that are a little different. I think with two, but three and four, I'm pretty cl- sure are close. I don't think there are any rule changes for that. If I'm recalling correctly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, it first, sounds, I like the idea of like that race element. It sounds like of racing two decks against oh it's other. every time we're like we only have one deck left into it oh but we have this we're adding eight cards to it oh, <laughs> so yeah. it's just this it, it's that really interesting take and 
for a game in such a for that size, you know, I, it's mm-hmm. such a good pickup. I can, I, it's it's a great. I, I really want to play. I think you're gonna love it, Jonathan. Cool. Uh, this is one of those times. Yes, I did not unfortunately play with Jonathan. <laughs> uh, the other one though, this is one long finally got to finish. Really happy about, and that's a uh, Cantaloupe. For anyone who loves those uh, point-click games, yeah, you got to pick this up. <laughs> it is a love letter to them. The human there is exact. Like you'll go around reading cards. I'll be like, "Why did the game developer put this in here? That's silly." <laughs> it, that right. total Very meta. fourth-breaking yeah. wall. And unlike a lot of the cooperative story games out there, I never felt punished. Like they're usually like, because they want to make sure since you're cooperative and working together, it's like, well, we got to put a timer. You know, you have your deck that runs out or like the something clicks and the game thing gets harder. This is, you're there to just experience it. You're going to hit that end point. If you can't get through a puzzle, literally just flip to the back of the book and scan a thing. And that even those have humor in them, which I, I am excited for. And this is like part one of I don't know. I can't remember how many volumes it said, but I love the system. I love how it works. There are achievements for pretty much being silly. I almost um, yeah. I won't yeah, spoil any even, of them for yeah. you, <laughs> but uh, they're good. <laughs> they're great. Yeah. I've heard. Yeah. Suzanne actually reviewed this on uh, the Dice Tower podcast. And as she's talking about it, I'm like, oh, this sounds so good. And I think it retails in Canada for about $30, $35. Uh, but I was happy to hear that they're going to be doing more series, more in the series. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I talked about this a while ago, but I love it. It's, it's like the, it's like they made this game for me <laughs> really a big fan. And I think, I think there's supposed to be three parts of this story, but they uh, maybe are doing other mm-hmm. takes on it. And I think, I, think I, I hope so. Cause I think yeah. the system's perfect in terms of like, just being able to have this fun story and not in particular, like, all right, I really should need to be like, I need to, my rogue only hits this much damage. So I got to, it's like, no, I'm just gonna, I will click on everything. I can't explore everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's LucasArts, not Sierra. If that means anything to anyone out there, but uh, yeah, I think they, I think they said they are also maybe working on like a more kid friendly version right. of the system too. Cause this, it is, I will say, although it's very funny and like cartoony, it's definitely got some adult humor in it. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yes. So something to, something to keep in mind. That's that's Cantaloupe Book One, Breaking into Prison. Uh, and I've played a, a few things. First one was just a stream that uh, we did on our Twitch channel. You can go watch it, where I played another couple of years of Hostage Negotiator Career. A hostage Negotiator, the solo game uh, from Van Ryder, where you are a hostage negotiator. And this career mode uses all the expansions. It's like a big campaign version of it. And man, this game, I really like it. Uh, it is... Uh, it's very thematic. It also has lots of luck and randomness in it. Basically, you're <laughs> you're spending cards to make conversation, and every every card you spend, you have to roll dice. And if you don't get the symbols that you need, the successes, bad things can happen. And sometimes you'll just have really great stretches of luck, and sometimes you won't. Uh, and I, I really experienced both ends of that in this yeah. in this stream. I, <laughs> I gotta say, anyone listening, do. If it's still up, because I know Twitch deletes them after. Well, we'll put them oh, wait, YouTube. we upload them. I forgot. Yes, we put them on YouTube. Don't <laughs> worry. But you just watch this one and just to see the pace, because it's so great just to see the ups and downs you go through, Jonathan. And just, I will like, say, I'll be fine. I just need, 
and then the dice just look at you and you're like, no successes. And you just like, it's just so crazy. There was definitely a halfway point of the stream where I went, maybe I don't like this game. <laughs> like I feel so bad. And then I had a success and I was like, oh, this is great. It's If you don't like randomness, I mean, I think some people would really hate this game, but sure. it, it has it, those, it creates these moments that, I don't know. It's it's hard see, to say, but that's the brilliance now, Jonathan. If you don't like randomness, just watch Jonathan go through the randomness. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and see some of the choices he makes and be like, I'll be fine going with this person helping him out and see how that turns out for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, these games are supposed to a game is supposed to last like 20 minutes or something, and I usually on a stream manage to take an hour to to do it. Because <laughs> you're chatting and it's, having yes. fun. That's well, yeah. At least I'm chatting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then I did have a little game night uh, with some people uh, that Will wasn't able to attend, but we played just a couple of things. Uh, we played God of War, the card game, which is one I really liked from uh, last year or the year before, I think, based on the newest God of War video game from Simon, which I think they're officially called that again now. And uh, this is a co-op game where you're playing as the characters from God of War and you have... Uh, sort of a tableau created by different cards that make this really nice image and your characters interact with the cards by maybe attacking an enemy there. And if you defeat it, you'll actually flip the card over and the artwork will shift to something else and there will be some kind of an effect listed on it. And it's, it's a deck building game at its core. Uh, after each round, you get the chance to add a new card to your deck. So you're building that as you go. And I really like the systems in the game. We had fun playing it. I will say in this uh, particular instance, so the way it works is you play through three sort of chapters and the last chapter is a big boss fight. And we tried one that uh, we had never done before. I don't know if anyone had, had done it like in our group, which was Balder, the character from the, from the game slash Norse mythology. Um, and it had some rules that were, very confusing to us, including a there's a misprint on a card that we had to look up where mm. it wasn't clear that you could attack an enemy there, um, but you you could, uh, and it's very important to know that. And there is an element to the scenes that is kind of enjoyable the first time you play them because it's almost like a little mini puzzle as you're trying to figure out what happens when you flip the cards and how to get past the scenario. But this one felt a little too obscure, and we had some trouble wrapping our, our heads around it. But before that, it was it was good. I also think the game kind of feels a little long. The, the time on the box is 90 minutes, which to me feels like a little too long for, for the for what the game offers. But I don't really know how I would adjust that because it's kind of set to the pace of you, how often you get to upgrade your deck and going through these scenes. But I don't know. Maybe that's just my short attention span right now for games. Well, Jonathan, as you know, it is very well documented that if you and I are sitting at a game table, we double the time limit. That's <laughs> always true. Yeah. Uh, and I think that happened for this, uh, but, it, but got a word of the card game. I still, still like it. Still think it's, it's, they did some pretty cool stuff with it. And then finally to, to finish the night, we wanted something that was quick and we kept going like, ah, this one's like 30 to 60. I don't know. These are going to take too long. We got to learn the rules. Uh, hey, what about this game? Oh, the time is 10 minutes. It's got a timer on it. You literally can't take longer than 10 minutes because the game ends. <laughs> and that game is Fuse, 
And this was published by Renegade Game Studios, um, designed by Kane Klenko, who's got an awesome name. Yes. And you're you're all bomb diffusers. It, the, the setup is kind of vague. You're on some kind of spaceship. <laughs> Why you're there, I don't know. It's not explained. It's not important. But everybody has cards, and the cards all have requirements for different types of dice. So maybe you need uh, three red dice, or maybe you need uh, dice of certain numbers, and maybe you need to stack them up. Or maybe you need to put them in a certain sequential order, all kinds of different requirements, but it's usually like three dice per card. And on your turn, you grab three dice randomly out of a bag and roll them. And everybody decides was one die for each player. Okay, I'm going to take this one. No, I need that one. You take this one. Um, And the whole time there's a 10 minute timer. And your goal is to complete all of the different bomb cards in a deck before that 10 minutes runs out. We played two games and failed both of them. We were not able to. We blew up both times. Uh, But we had a lot of fun blowing up. It's a really (laughs) crazy, frantic game uh, of trying to figure out these kind of these simple little puzzles on these cards. And like I said, some are more complicated than others, but the, the shouting of everybody trying to work together and decide which dice need to go where. And the fact that again, you can just play it in 10 minutes. So it's super easy to reset, play another game. Uh, There's a, you can use any 10 minute timer, but they do have a companion app with some uh, like special music and stuff in the background to make it more thematic. It's it's fun if you if you want something frantic that doesn't take too much brain power but does have some challenge in it. Uh, there's like advanced cards you can add into it once you get good at it. We did not hit that level. Uh, I recommend Fuse. It's a. I don't like speed games. Um, mm. You can ask any of my friends. I get like deer in the headlights. I get really stressed out. I'm like, oh, I can't do it, and <laughs> <laughs> it's too much. Uh, but Fuse, I don't mind actually. That one was was at the threshold for me but i didn't mind it we had fun interesting do you think it's because it's it just because it's so short it almost feels like there's less pressure maybe i think so because i find a lot of the speed games it's not like it just okay you do it and you're done you know in 10 minutes it goes on for you know kind of a longer length of time and i feel i just get more and more stress it gets compounded as the rounds go on versus fuse is fast enough to to get past that i get that i know i'm not as big with like hidden role sedu- uh, social deduction mm-hmm. games, but like the, the shorter ones are usually much easier because you know, oh no, you found out I'm a, the werewolf or <laughs> what do they call it? The, an Avalon. Are you just a traitor? Oh, a minion uh, of like, Mordred. A minion yes. of Mordred, you know. <laughs> it, it, you don't feel near, uh, nearly as bad for if you m- make a mistake and reveal something right. <laughs> like in Battlestar. <laughs> right. Yeah, I imagine that you're not a big fan of space alerts. <laughs> The, I've never played it, but I've heard stories about it. I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's the game for me. <laughs> I yeah. feel half the fun of Space Alert is messing up. Oh, gosh. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's its stressful for sure. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, uh, if you make them, there's a reason there's like an extended tutorial in that game is <laughs> if you make one little mistake, you're done. It's over. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Fun. Good, good stuff. Good mechanics there. All right. So that's a lot of awesome games that we just talked about. Uh, now we're going to end the show by playing a board game game. Yes, we are going to play a board game game. A new one that I've devised this week. Devised. I didn't. It's, you'll see when <laughs> you, I tell you what it is. It's not. <laughs> I didn't really make it up. Um, this week's board game game is called. I'm going to call it board game draft. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
real, you know, uh, title working title. Okay. Not, not finalized <laughs> yet. And you're saying it's a rough draft. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm saying. Uh. It is. It's a rough draft. <laughs> I have another, I have a but um, no, I don't have anything. Okay. <laughs> I'll add that for next time. So what this, what we're going to do, here's this, here's the scenario here. The three of us are planning competing game nights. Okay. Oh boy. And each of our game nights is going to have, it's revolve around the same theme. And we are going to take turns drafting tabletop games that we're going to have uh, on display or each, I think we're going to do three. I think that's the number that I, I feel like is, is going to work. Okay. And, uh, but of course, if someone else takes a game before you say it, then you can no longer choose that game to have at your game night. Oh boy. And uh, so we're going to, I think I'll, I'll let you decide mandy if you want to go first or last but uh we'll do we're going to do it as they say snake style okay. so the f last the third person to make a pick gets to make two in a row and then we'll go back in reverse order and then the first person will get to make their last two picks in a row as their last two it'll make sense as we go um and this the theme of this week like i said it is bastille day and of course, uh, what something that's very associated with France is French food. They love food over there. Yeah. So the theme that we're going with for this board game draft is food-related games. So this could be any game that has food as some kind of central component. It doesn't have to be strictly about food. For instance, if you wanted to go with Catan because there's all kinds of wheat in there and people are eating that wheat up in bread and such, that is a valid choice. You could use that as your selection. So you're allowed to use Board Game Geek, look at your own collection. This is not a test of memory or anything like that. Uh, search wherever you need to uh, for the food-related games you want to draft. So... If there's no questions, if all that makes sense, Mandy, do you do you do you want to go first? Do you are you are you ready for something, or do you want the maybe the advantage of going last? First? No, I generally when I play games, I always go last, or I, I request to go last. It gets me get a lay of the land, and mm. um, for searching, I don't know. I have a mechanical keyboard. <laughs> So <laughs> that's really all noisy. we will we will absolve you of that for the for this segment hold on hold on let me just type this up really quick <laughs> yeah that's literally what it sounds like it's fine when i'm playing games by myself not so much when i'm doing a podcast jonathan is a very fast typer and earlier or he was on my computer doing so it sounds like a machine gun when he's <laughs> i get into it I don't mess around. No, that's good. <laughs> All right. What do you Will, what do you think? Do you want to you want to start us off then? Uh sure. I was going to be fine being number 2 since that's the one who never gets the double pick, but uh <laughs> yeah, I will go first. All right. And so I'm going to go I think if we're doing competing, I think a, a lot of people are going to love if I get uh sushi go. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I guess give a little bit of a. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, I, I am. So I'm just like, all right. I said reverse I these games. Sorry. This <laughs> is this is a drafting game where you are drafting either sushi or other kind of foods to fill your bento box style. It's a very party game and there's plenty of now expansions to go along with it. And there's it just it, it's a very good experience of drafting. I like I like drafting games because I came initially from, you know, magic. But I don't feel nearly as guilty about not knowing what the new set is when I play something like Sushi Go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I think Sushi Go is the one to get. <laughs> I think that's the smart <laughs> first pick because 
that's i'm not picturing this like a sports like we have picked sushi go and then like <laughs> yeah. you hear the ea now they're like not ea wow uh, <laughs> that's a video yeah, game. They, they do they do the sports sports yeah. drafts the video sports game drafts. sports drafts yeah um all right so good strong first pick sushi go i probably would have picked that just just so no one else took it <laughs> <laughs> but since i'm going second i will go with what's more of like a game i would really want that i think is a great maybe people don't think of it as a food game but i think it's a big food game uh and that's sheriff of nottingham oh no i think that definitely counts yeah, <laughs> yeah, say yeah. So bluffing game where you're all about saying i have so many apples bread cheese or chickens i mean it's all food it's all food <laughs> or maybe you're smuggling in some black pepper or something because i don't know they don't like that <laughs> nottingham they like well food it's plan. in england they don't like flavor right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh and uh you know you're trying to lie to the sheriff and get your illegal goods passed or just get a bunch of cheese and bread and be happy with everything that's legal so uh yeah sheriff of nottingham that's that. That's my first one. All right. So now, Mandy, now it's on you, and you're going to get to pick two in a row. Okay. All right. I have. Your, I have yes, a good go one. No, I got. I got. I'm okay. ready. Great. Here we go. And you all, mine are going to be so different from yours. <laughs> yeah, we've started off with some pretty light like, yeah. social well, games. I thought it was like the one that everyone might say. So I'm right. like, that's a good one early. I got. A, I've got a couple. I'm like, I don't think anyone's going to get. I got some good pocket. Uh, picks but well anybody who knows me knows if you've seen my top 100 this is definitely going to be up there on my list and that would be food chain magnate mm. so heavy strategy game where you're building a fast food chain so i guess you could say there's a bit of uh drafting in this game it's an economic type game and it's literally that you're trying to make the best fast food restaurant and get all your customers served well if you can try and get all of them and not your competitors and lots of advertising can happen as well in the game to make you more popular. So it is a long game, but it is all about food and I love the retro style. So come on. I was about to, I just looked at them like, Oh, it's, it's another, like the classic retro. <laughs> yes. And I'm totally down for it. This is the uh, Vital Lacerda, right? No, this oh, is a no. splatter game. What am I thinking of? Am I thinking of, does he have a food? I'm trying to think because I, I love. Wasn't I, there one like with a mark? It was more like a farmers market kind of thing. With the, oh, he did. He had. It was the um, Mercado de Lisboa. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's, that's what I'm. That's it's a lighter one that he came out with recently. Okay, but I know maybe I'm just thinking of it because I know food chain magnet is like very big and heavy. And, oh, it's uh, big. That's yep. kind of his thing. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have. I've heard so many great things about it. So a good, good, strong pick. Yes, very excited. All right. And your second pick you get right away. Okay. I have to look it up because I think I forgot the title of it. Oh, no, I did know it. Okay, this is great. Sorry. I'm, I'm doing it on my phone so you don't have to hear my keyboard. Oh, that's not the right one. Oh, I need a moment. I need a moment here. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Because uh, I, I, I don't think I'm ready for my, for my second one. <laughs> I have it in my head, the game. I just can't remember. Oh, there it is. I found oh, it. Oh, that's the worst. You're like, I know what I'm <laughs> thinking of, but I don't know where to place it. Okay, I got it. I got it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so another game that I played, actually, I think I got a copy of it at an Essen a couple years ago. And it actually had some weight to it. And it is called Chocolate Factory. Ooh, okay. So I don't know if any of you have played this game, no, but it's no, no. uh it I don't think so. No? Okay. It falls into that kind of economic type game. It it had some weight to it, but you were literally trying you were 
have a chocolate factory and you're trying to create and, and, and distribute the most amount of chocolates or candies that you can and you have objective cards that you try need to try and meet and you almost have, you have like a conveyor belt in your on your board and they go through different stages where you can have different types of machines that produce different types of candies and you want to do that so you can get points for objectives or at least sell to specific stores so it's not a small game. It definitely isn't as heavy as Food Chain Magnet, but, you know, somewhere between. Just get a little sweetness before you get into the heavy stuff. So Chocolate Factory. Okay, I love it. Love it. A little sweetness literally and figuratively, <laughs> I guess. Exactly. Uh, so I'm sorry for saying that. So <laughs> now so we're going, going back down the line. Uh, I am next. And this is hard because I definitely keep... Like, I feel like there's going to be so many games that I don't think of that are really good food games that aren't obvious, yeah. but I'm just going to go with one that I like that I'm going to, I'm going to stick with the light theme. My party's going to be, you're probably going to be drinking at this game night. <laughs> and for my second pick, I'm going to go with coconuts. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Coconuts, <laughs> the dexterity game where uh, you're all monkeys and you're th- flinging coconuts at each other which it's a food of course that's that's what we want them for and it's just a weird wacky dexterity party game that we we've had a lot of fun with and if you get like a couple copies you can actually make even bigger games of it and combine them with all the different components that you have uh so it's a it's a cute lighter game i think it's is it japanese coconuts originally I don't know. I thought I thought Will would back me up right it. away, but I he doesn't know. I don't remember. <laughs> it might be because I don't know if it was Chinese. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I could, okay. I could be misremembering the because I don't know. It, it was a it was a some Asian writing on the box that I recall. Well, I'm not it, cultured I'm enough sure, to know. Was it also using the the Monkey King? Maybe it's no, Korean. Yeah, it might be. I don't know. Well, anyway, <laughs> that's my pick. Uh, my second pick. All right. So now, Will, you get to pick your last two. Yes. This is a little bit harder. There's actually two I want to say because I haven't played them and I want to play them. <laughs> mm. But can, I will not say there's that. There's no rules. You could add one that you haven't played. <laughs> uh, it, it, I will not go with that. Okay. I'm going to go with something, I the two I have played because I want to play more of them. The first one is Scoville. Oh, yeah. This yes. is a... I guess you could call it sort of like worker place. It's not worker place. You're moving your worker around a farm to gather peppers, but you're also planting them. And because of the way you are breeding them next to each other, you breed different ones for different recipes to get hotter peppers. I love spicy food. So I felt like I, I got to give some, something that represents spicy food in my, my list of picks. And, you know, we get a little bit heavier too, because we got our sushi. Now we, we got to deal with the peppers. <laughs> That's good right. Game. Good, good mm-hmm. pick. And I am really, I have two great ones. I like both of them. I'm thinking I'm going to have to go with the new revised edition of Kitchen Rush. I just got it. I just played it and I have so much fun. This is, this will be great right after Scoville. You know, we had the light game. We had the much more, (laughs) a bit more harder game that could be a bit cutthroat at times. And now we're working together. So, and this is a, this is one of those time-based games. You are working together. You have recipes you got to fill. So you're all trying to frantically do things. But the timers are your workers. So you have to wait for them to run out. You grab your timer. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm getting some ingredients now from here and stuff. But you have to like plan out in advance. Like, okay, I'll take care of the first two um, 
guests getting them in, but someone's got to take that so I can start cooking and stuff. So it is one. I think if you do like sand timers in that in your game, you're going to have a lot of fun with this. And even when you lose, it's definitely compared to some other games, you're going to be like, okay, why did we lose? Let's talk it over. We can repeat this again. And in terms of tutorial, they do a great job. Like your first one is just, oh, you're, you got very easy recipes. Okay. Now we're adding these kinds of plates. Now we're adding dirty dishes. Now we're adding this ingredient stuff. So, so I love that, how they do that too. Is it so like, I think it's a way overcooked, but the board game. Yes. That okay. is actually probably the best way to say okay. it. You ever heard of the video game overcooked? <laughs> it's that. Okay. Except it's not as chaotic. You're not going to be like, okay. no, you're on a pirate ship. <laughs> um, which is what maybe they should look at for sure. expansions. Yeah. But yes, I think if you love that kind of game, you'll love this. It's, it's the board game version of that. Hmm. All right. So, so you have your list now. Uh, God, why am I? What, you, what's the one? Oh, yeah. Kitchen Rush. That's what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now I will take on my final pick and I'm going to go with Sushi Go Party. No, just kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to say, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's my <laughs> just come in there and steal it from you. No, it, it's hard because I know, I know there's going to, I don't have like, I'm trying to look for the, what's the big meaty game like the food chain magnate that you that you pick that's a really good but i just have like a bunch of like oh like lighter games uh that i liked so uh, i'm gonna go with you know what one that i liked that i think quickly really went under the radar uh we reviewed it and it's not like gonna blow anyone's mind but i think it's a, a solid game that we had fun with that so i'll this is i'll introduce it to people at my game night and that's food truck champion mm-hmm. um, oh my this is from uh, Daily Magic Games, and everybody's running their own personal food truck, and you're trying to grab uh, different cards with different types of dishes uh, that you're trying to build. And depending on like your specialties, your the taco or the burgers or whatever it is, uh, you're getting the different ingredients you need to put them together. And it's a it's a relatively light, fun game. It's got great artwork that will make you hungry. And you can use this as a great segue of deciding what you want to eat for dinner, I think. Well, you chose your last game, though. So it's already like, <laughs> how late is it at the time? You're like, we should order this. The, oh, everything's closed. I don't know. I hope you guys like Taco Bell. <laughs> the order may change of, of the game. This is not binding. All right. Well, I don't know if you've seen this, Jonathan. There's like an, a, uh, a comic. Uh, no, you have seen it. Someone posted in our Discord of this like playing a game night. <laughs> Yeah. The, so, yeah, the schedule of games. This is a very around. dangerous game night. We're we're all playing. We have, we all better have food ready in addition to these games. Yeah, you got to plan a lot. All right, Mandy. Now it's up to you. Your final pick. Okay, well, the game. final one is actually a game I played recently, and I don't know if too many people know about it. I'll be doing a playthrough soon. Probably I just haven't determined what channel I'm doing it on yet. Uh, it's called Walk and Roll, mm, and okay. it is a roll and write game. And it is literally about creating combos with your dice rolls to fill up your menu. So you have a menu and the dice have different uh, symbols of like rice or chicken or broccoli. And you're trying to get a certain combination of dice rolls to complete uh, certain types of dishes on your menu. And by doing so, then obviously you're going to accumulate points um, to obviously get the most to win uh, the game. It's not a long game. It's fairly straightforward, and if you're familiar with roll and write, it is literally rolling some dice and writing down some things, you know, marking off those those ingredients. And uh, this one comes from 
Aura game, which I think is in Singapore. I think the game is based in Singapore. Uh, so yeah, so that one is really cute, really fun, and uh, definitely one if you haven't tried it, you should. All right. So uh, your final uh, game night, Food Chain Magnate, Chocolate Factory, and Walk and Roll. Yes. And Will has Sushi Go, Scoville, and Kitchen Rush. And I've got Sheriff of Nottingham, Coconuts, and Food Truck Champion. We'll let our listeners uh, tweet us or email us. Let us know which game night you want to go to. <laughs> uh, I might, that... You might want to bring some uh, Advil or Tylenol if you come to my game night. <laughs> you see, I haven't played any of you, so I'm like, and I'm like, I plan the game night for people. You guys mind if I leave to go to Mandy's game night? I want to see you. <laughs> gonna ditch your own game. I'm gonna do the thing where it's like a sitcom and I'm I have dates at both game nights. <laughs> I'm going to the bathroom and I go to the other house. Anyway. <laughs> Is my turn done? Yeah. <laughs> Classic stuff. Uh so that was Board Game Draft, another successful new board game game uh, for the Roll for Crit podcast. And that is the end of the Roll for Crit podcast. And Mandy, in case you didn't know, you were our guest today. Yay. And you, <laughs> of course, gained a whole bunch of experience from being on the show. And as a reward, you get to tell everyone listening how and where they can keep up with you on the Internet. Oh, my goodness. This is such a great prize, everybody. So wait for it. <laughs> so most notably, you'll know me from the Dice Tower. So you can reach me if you just have a question or, you know, you want to check out the episodes we've done. You can go to the Dicetower.com website or you can send me an email to Mandy. That's Mandy with an I at Dicetower.com. You'll find me on Instagram, Twitter, all over the place under Board Gamer Pinup Girl. I also have a channel with Suzanne called Salt and Sass Games on Twitch. And I have my personal uh, channel on YouTube called To Die For Games. Awesome. We will have links to all that stuff in the show notes. So go check it out. Uh, follow Mandy at all these places if you aren't already. And thank you for coming on the show. It was great getting the chance to talk to you and hang out with you for an hour and a half. It was my pleasure. So delightful. I'm happy to come back anytime. <laughs> okay. We, I will write that down. I'll put you in the wants to come back column. <laughs> take it back. You said okay. it. No yes. take back, please. I promise. It's on record. <laughs> uh, if listeners want to find more of uh, Roll for Crit stuff out there, of course you can at rollforcrit.com, our YouTube videos, our live streams, etc. cetera. Uh, if you like the show, you can get more episodes an extra hour a week at our Patreon, patreon.com slash rollforcrit, or you can just rate and review us on itunes for free which is nice you can also email us if you want to join the meeple gallery you can uh, email us at meeplegallery at gmail.com we'll read your comments or questions on the show if you have something to say uh, just a question in general or if you just want to tell us which game night you're going to be attending or anything else uh, talk to us there and that's going to do it for the show thank you for listening my name is jonathan i'm will and this has been roll for crit